Hello and welcome to 10 Minutes On, a hopeful manifesto for politics, a podcast from the Joint Public Issues team. My name is Hazel Lee, I'm one of the JPIT interns, and joining me today is Alfie Prothero, who is a joint JPIT and parliamentary intern. Hi Alfie. Hi Hazel. In anticipation of the next UK general election, political parties are planning their pledges for election manifestos. The Joint Public Issues team has been thinking about what pledges we'd like to see. So this is the second of six special 10 Minutes On podcasts, offering our thoughts on what would make manifestos truly hopeful, based around JPIT's six hopes for society. We hope to inspire you to think about what your hopes for party manifestos might be, and perhaps you can write to your MP or a political party to suggest them. So with that in mind, I think we'll start by thinking about our theme for today, why one of our six hopes is for a politics characterised by listening, kindness and truthfulness. So why, Alfie, should Christians want to see politics transformed? Why should we care? Yeah, I think listening, kindness and truthfulness are such important things that we don't often see as much in our politics as we'd like to. And they should matter to Christians. I mean, politics in the 21st century and living in the UK in a democracy is a place we can make massive change in the system and it can actually improve for the better. It doesn't always feel like that, but it can be a place of real positive change. And it's a place where Christians can engage and kind of shift the spectrum towards what we think a more godly society, a more Christ-like society looks like. And we think in the JPIT team that at, at the centre of that should be kindness, truthfulness and listening to other people being honest with what our intentions are when we mess up, but also when we're successful, uh, being kind and treating other people with respect and dignity, and actually listening to what other people are saying. People we work with, other MPs, other constituents should be doing that, but also uh, the people who MPs claim to help and us should be listened to in the decisions that are made. So if we lived in a society where that was what people did more in politics, it's not necessarily that it doesn't happen at all now, it's just that it can always happen more. Um I think we'd start to push towards a society that kind of aligns with a lot of what a lot of Christians actually want to see. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I think we're really comfortable with these values and I really believe in the importance of these values when we're interacting with one another, perhaps, but we don't always see those kind of reflected in our leaders. And actually, what would be wonderful is if we see that kind of dissonance like resolved. I know I'd love to see that in our politics. I'm sure others would too. So based on that idea of a politics characterised by listening, kindness and truthfulness, Alfie, you and, and Hannah, the other parliamentary intern, have come up with three kind of personal hopes for party manifestos. And these, I'm just going to run through those and then we'll chat about them a bit more. So they are, number one, to legally require an independent ethics advisor for both the Prime Minister and Leader of the Opposition, who will publish an annual report of their honesty and accountability. Number two, to listen to lived experience of poverty using an advisory committee for welfare poverty, ensuring legislation and government spending reflect actual need. And number three, to produce clear best practice for kind, positive engagement between MPs and constituents with an independent grievance service for the occasions when people feel their MP isn't doing so. If we just take those kind of in two groups, um, I think if we talk about maybe one and three first, I think we'll talk about two in a bit. But I wonder why we, we'd like to see kind of a more structured complaints feedback system for for MPs through this ethics advisor and also this process between constituents and and MPs why are those kind of pertinent issues that you think are are important at the moment the people we're electing to positions of power are humans and they're not perfect uh, they're going to make mistakes even if they're trying their hardest picking the stuff up and unfortunately some people don't seem to commit to those values that are part of um our integrity and accountability that's what we want people to be like in power and um, to be to listen to be kind and to be truthful and so having systems around that which protects those values and make sure that people are engaging with them even if they would naturally and maybe if they wouldn't naturally i think is really important um you know we saw some of the issues that kind of came up without having an ethics advisor in the uk 
for a period of six months. There was questions that we would have wanted them to answer that they couldn't. And already, luckily, Rishi Sunak has appointed someone to take on that role. And we've already seen them being really important in releasing reports that have mattered to the general public. So I think that's really important. Um, and having having one for the leader of the opposition as well, I think would kind of stress that that is a priority in all our elected people. And absolutely, you're seeing that kind of the balance on both sides, aren't you? You're seeing the prime minister and the opposition having the same kind of accountability structures in place, which is important. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's that accountability thing. You know, a lot of people have really great experiences with their MPs, where their MPs have helped them do something well. But MPs get loads and loads of requests all the time, and they don't necessarily deal with them all as well as the constituent would like them to be, or maybe they feel like they haven't been listened to. And like I said, th- they're dealing with so many cases all the time, it's sometimes hard to give people um, that personal interaction. But there should be some form of attempt. And if an individual feels like they aren't being listened to, and um, when they have a genuine grievance that should be respected, then that's a problem. Uh, and I think we should have a system to make sure that constituents are represented and listened to by their MPs currently that there's not that much you can do if you've gone to your MP and you feel like they they aren't listening to you for whatever reason yeah absolutely I think I think all of us all have we've had that kind of experience at some point where we haven't felt listened to or heard by our MP and um, yeah that's a really great um, structure would be a great structure in place if possible and if we just talk about the second one as well um, we've got listening to lived experience of poverty using an advise, advisory committee why do you think that's a specific need that we should put um, in a manifesto? Yeah, so we've gone really specific here because JP does a lot of work around poverty. It's, it's something we're really passionate about. Um, but the reality is the people who are making those decisions don't often have personal experience with with poverty or other important things that feed into the decisions we make. And so it's really important in general, but I think especially in our government, that they are listening to people's lived experience, those people who've actually had to sit there in poverty and know what it feels like and how it manifests in their emotional health and physical health and their families so that they can help those people with what they actually need help with, um, rather than telling them what they need help with, which some people, you know, I think a lot of us maybe had the best intentions in the world Uh, trying to help someone at some point but haven't actually stopped to listen to what they're saying they want or need Uh, so yeah having an advisory committee that that prioritizes making sure listened we are listening to lived experience first before we make decisions is really important yeah absolutely i think that's that's really important as and as you say feeds into a lot of the other the other issues that we work on as the jpit team um wonderful and so i'm sure Hopefully, there's people who have listened, been listening to this podcast who already cared about um, politics and, and the issues we've been talking about, or maybe your interest has been piqued by what we've been saying. Um, so I'm just wondering, Alfie, if there are any kind of specific places you'd recommend people go if they are interested, if they want to find out more, or if they want to kind of delve more deep into these issues. Yeah, when we're not going to pretend we're the only people working on these issues and, and think that they're important. Uh, there's a great website called Full Fact. Uh, which works really hard to make sure that the statements that MPs make uh, on behalf of constituents in Parliament are are true. Uh, so they check what they say against, you know, rigorous fact-checking systems, and they will ask MPs to retract statements if they feel they are inaccurate, not not on matters of opinion, on matters of, of fact. Uh, and I think that's a great uh, organisation, and they're often, you know, they're encouraging people to write to their MPs if they've made a, a factual error and just to apologise and retract it, uh, because we all make mistakes and acknowledging that can be really, really powerful. Um, in terms of the stuff around lived experience, there's uh, 
loads of great charities doing stuff around this. The Apple Collective is A-P-L-E, not the word Apple, uh, is a great example of this, as is the, the Joseph Roundtree Foundation has done some great work around it. There's also the uh, Poverty and Inequalities Commission in Scotland, uh, which has done some really interesting work on lived experience going into government. So if you're interested in actually reading boring, dry reports on this really important stuff, I'm, I'm sure there's some stuff there for you. Um, and just lastly, if you're someone who feels like you've you've been trying to engage with your MP at a local level and really struggling to get through, either because you feel like you're buying heads politically or they're just not interested in your grievance, and you're sure that you've kind of been treating that with with kindness and respect, and there's some there's some good resources uh, out there for you to kind of recommend what you could could maybe uh, do next. Uh, My society have some interesting stuff just about making sure you're coming across well, and also who you could potentially go to uh, if that's not working out. Thanks, Alfie. Yeah, I think also incidentally we should maybe mention here that we're doing a joint conference with the Apple Collective and with Church Action on Poverty on the 10th of June. And if you're interested, please do join us for that day. It'll be a really interesting day of delving into the issues of poverty and how we can make a difference today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of 10 Minutes On. I'll be back next week with another guest to chat more about JPIT's suggestions for hopeful political party manifestos. For more on the Joint Public Issues team, you can go to our website at jpit.uk. That's jpit.uk. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please do share it around. Thanks for listening.